0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Well, as you can imagine, just, uh, just beyond disappointed in how we played today. Um, we knew what type of football game this would be, um, a physical football game. You know, the toughest, the most physical team would win and, um, we didn't meet their physicality kind of simple as that. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast, Jeremy Warner and making her debut on the Oana Inquirer podcast. I, I, my apologies for the delay in this, but it's Mariah Guzman. Uh, am I saying, did I even say that right? Or is it Guzman?
0: Oh. Okay. Oh, sorry. Technically, technically it is Guzman, but I'm not going to make everybody go through the troubles of that pronunciation. Guzman is perfectly fine. That's how I, you know,
1: introduce myself. Now I'm going Guzman because that is how you say it. So, um, yeah, stick up for it. Um, We're talking after I'm leaving you for like the worst game to possibly do a podcast and make your intro. So apologies for this, Mariah. But we just witnessed an embarrassing 41-14 loss for Illinois football. In a battle of 0-2 teams, one team looked like it might win the Big Ten West in Minnesota uh, coming off their loss to to Maryland, which Maryland beats Penn State today. And Penn State and Illinois have the same record at 0-3. But it doesn't even feel like getting into the nitty-gritty. Lovey Smith even said, I-, I don't even need to watch the film of that one. Illinois just got demolished yeah. by a team that has the same record. And at 0-3, six straight losses <laughs> dating back to last year. They haven't won in a calendar year. It's hard to even think about anything other than, where's this program going? Is Lovey Smith the right person to lead this program moving forward? It seems so early to do that, but this is a big-picture game because it's like you're uncompetitive in year five and that's alarm bells
0: well and like you said but is it unfair to ask if lovey smith is the right guy we're in year five and we're still questioning them this program has been criticized for how long now i mean at, at some point it's like we we can't do any more for you we can't try to give all these positives when, quite frankly, there's none except for maybe individual positives from players. But that's not enough for a team win. I don't I don't think there's any excuse for what we're seeing out of them. And honestly, I've been shocked since what I saw with them against Wisconsin. I mean, it, it was just like you hyped up this season. And especially, like, and it wasn't as far as any coverage of hyping up, it was them themselves telling us how good they were and watch out for us. And this Illinois defense, this, and this Illinois offense, this, Brandon Peters, this, I, I don't know what to say when you're telling us all these things and then we see lies.
1: Yeah. And like, here's, I'm going to probably, sometimes this podcast allows me to like think before my column, but as I was watching this atrocious performance, I almost want to start my column off apologizing for thinking this team was going to be a winning team. I, I had them at four and f- or five and three, and I, I thought I was going maybe one extra win that I should have there. But I thought this team would be a 500 team, and I thought that was almost like being cautious with them. Just because of the roster he built does have talent on it. I think they're far better than what they have shown on the field. And we do have to add the caveat of COVID and the impact. This team is better with Brandon Peters on it. We'll talk about Karan Taylor here in a second, but that's kind of what I would have expected if Karan Taylor was starting a game, if you would have told me that before the year. Um, They missed Nate Hobbs today. Uh, They they missed uh, some players who were injured, some players who were out. Isaiah Gay got hurt in that game. So all those things do play a role, and I don't want to minimize that, but it doesn't play a role in being uncompetitive. Like last week against Purdue with all those guys out, you found a way to compete. Um, this week you were uncompetitive, and that's something I thought we were done seeing with Illinois football. That was 2018, 2017 when you're playing all these young guys, and you look like you're a MAC team. That shouldn't happen with the roster that they have. And the other part is Mariah. Two other things is they're unprepared. Yeah. I mean, you talk Wisconsin. They're talking a big game. Like this spread is ridiculous, right? Like we should have respect on our name. You got crushed, 45 to seven, and you got down 28 to seven at the first half. Against Purdue, you get down 14, nothing immediately, uh, and go down seven at the half, 17 to 10. And then this game, you're down 28, seven a half. It was 21, nothing, I believe, at one point in this game. In the first half of games, they have lost 73 to 24. That means, one, your game plan doesn't seem to be working. Um, everything you seem to get ready for for the week is not working. And I don't know if it's emotionally or mentally they're not prepared and then undisciplined today. I, I will give them this. Penalties haven't been a huge factor so far this season, maybe a little bit against Purdue. But today, 12 penalties for 120 yards, that's inexcusable for a team full of upperclassmen. So unprepared, uncompetitive, undisciplined that's that's not what a lovey smith program should be and the fact that it is in year five is alarming if i'm josh whitman
0: yeah and it's the misrepresented confidence for me like what are we i'm not saying that they can't be confident and they they can't want everybody to automatically do well and when they talk about that in pre-game press conferences But I think when we see the product on the field, especially the last three games, this isn't the first game. This isn't Wisconsin when we're shocked. At this point, what are we doing? And like you said, they don't seem prepared. They don't. And last week we gave them an excuse because when did they realize they weren't gonna have their starting quarterback? Thursday night. That's when Kendrick Green said we were all like, well, what are we gonna do? But now we just have to figure out how to move forward. We gave them an excuse for that Purdue game they still managed to compete. Like you said, Karan Taylor really did well. And and that led me to believe that when you have a four-string QB, no matter the talent level, now that he throughout this week was getting more than just mental reps, I felt like he would have been somewhat more prepared. And that also makes me question what they were doing in practice, specifically with Karan this week, because I, I felt like whatever happened with Purdue worked. And what was going on this time, it just it wasn't meshing at all.
1: Yeah, and it, they did find a way to bounce back and be competitive. You're right in that game. And, and once they got a rhythm and, and figured it out, they found a way to be competitive, whether it was the defense getting a couple of stops or Karan you know, making some plays. Now it's where do you go from here? Because Karan Taylor, probably not the guy, right? I mean, he, he, that, that was a really poor performance from me. I don't want to put it all on him. But he's just not a very good decision maker, uh, n- not a very good passer, and he didn't get many people involved today. Um, I, I guess a, a short-term storyline will be is I w- Isaiah Williams back next week. He'll be out of contact tracing. And is it a chance to see him? Is, is Rod Smith just like, i got to go with this guy? Because Deuce Span was warming up for a final drive, but <laughs> Illinois never got the ball back in the last seven minutes. So Minnesota kept the ball away from them. I don't think we'd see Deuce over Isaiah, but you never know. Um, maybe Karan gets another shot, but you're still one more week without Brandon Peters. So even a trip to Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers is going to be favored in this game, which is amazing to me um, coming into the season. They'll probably get blown out by Ohio State. They're already down 7 nothing in the first quarter, but they've been competitive. Yeah. right? They, they've been competitive. They won a game against a bad Michigan State team. So I've thought before, since before the season one should win that game. But Rutgers and Shiano has added some credibility to them. He's had some transfers that they are more prepared to play. Uh, so this is a – you're starting to run out of winnable games. And that, that's a scary thought for Lovey Smith, Rod Smith, and this entire staff.
0: Yeah, I think they just keep, like, walking down the grocery aisle and knocking over things as they go, and it's becoming harder and harder for them to pick them back up. And I don't, I don't know where they go. I don't know how you, what do you do? I mean, and especially this Minnesota game, I mean, everything was laid out for them. You saw what Minnesota's defense was before this, virtually non-existent, or so we thought. Is it our offense that just misperformed that made the defense today look really good? I don't know. The, the, I guess the one thing that you can say is that I mean when we saw Minnesota's uh, defense before this game, like we knew that their linebackers kind of move slow, and so there was hopes that Chase Brown and Mike Epstein would find those gaps, and especially Chase Brown would be a lot um, smarter in you know seeing the field before he actually went through, and then got him and got him itself into a situation that he couldn't get out of. Well, he didn't make those mistakes this time, and I think that those two really helped out. But it's like. Again, we're not. We can't put this on well, to you, them too.
1: <laughs> you can run well, and Illinois ran well today. I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but their their rushing attack was actually pretty effective. Uh, let me get the uh, total here. Um, Illinois ran for 181 yards, and that's with not many carries because you got behind right? You average five yards a carry today. Mike Epstein gets 108. Karan Taylor gets 42, and that's taken out some sacks. He was pretty effective on the ground. And Chase Brown had 31 on four carries. Uh, It's just, you had to pass the ball a lot and you were really ineffective and you didn't have the ball very much because Minnesota had the ball for 37 minutes in this game. So the one thing you thought you could do well, you did pretty well, but your defense was so bad you got behind, and your passing attack was so bad, and you had so many penalties that killed promising drives that you didn't give yourself a chance. Uh, and this team has no margin for error. They, With a four-string quarterback, with a terrible defense. And let's dive into that. Lovey Smith's defense is broken. Yeah. I mean, it, it, is, it is broken and so takeover-reliant. Jake Hanson forced another fumble, ninth in 12 games. Devin Witherspoon had a great interception. It's really encouraging. He beat Rashad Bateman one-on-one, right? And, and that's a really impressive play. But it's starting to feel like this scheme, I mean, we've known this for a while, but it, this scheme, it can't work. can it work? Can this defensive scheme work at the college level without NFL-quality recruits? And Illinois does not have that all over its defense. Uh, and then offensively, with Rod Smith, there's times you see some good things, but let's be honest: these first three games, you have four touchdowns. That's not going to win Big Ten football games. The last six games, you've scored 71 points, I believe. Um, not good enough. Just, just not good enough. And that's where I, I think the talent should be better, but the coaching also uh, is not good right now. And, and I can tell you, just you can talk to former lineup players, you can talk to fans. They don't have a lot of confidence and I wonder in their coaching staff and, and I wonder more importantly, how's that playing in the in the locker room? Right? Do do those guys still believe? Are they gonna fight? Uh, like they did last year. Everyone was giving up on Lovey Smith, understandably so, after a two and four start. They come back with a four game win streak, which was awesome to watch. But that's the outlier. That that is the outlier of this era. The consistent thing is Illinois losing and Illinois being mostly uncompetitive uh, during Lovey Smith's tenure.
0: And the thing about the coaching too is how many times in the history of sports in general, in general, we're talking any kind of professional or college team where a coach is handed the same exact team, but something either works really well or doesn't. And so I think that, I, I wonder what this team would look like if it was coached differently as a whole. I mean that's that's one of the biggest questions is we're not putting I don't think either of us are putting this on the players at all be like just on them because it it, it is a team effort and I mean Lovey Smith today when I asked him about his coaching evaluation he's like, "Well, look at the score." I'm like, "Well, there's more to be said than just the score. What's going on over there? What is not clicking? What are what are you not getting through?" I mean, there's so many questions. I just don't understand what isn't working
1: well well, the biggest question now is can lovey smith fix it can can he fix it mid-season and that's all we can watch the rest of the year is can they turn this around like last year because most people have given it up and it's basketball season right even saw coleman hawkins uh tweeted out hey guys 18 days till basketball season people have moved on and i know our coverage of illinois football isn't going to get much traffic so we're going to focus a little bit more on, on basketball but I think the remaining games are, can he turn this around and can he turn it around enough to give confidence moving forward? Can he turn it around enough to recruit and to to get more talent here? And the biggest question I'll have is if they aren't able to turn it around over the last six games, does Josh Whitman have the financial capability during COVID, during all these losses, to make a change and to invest in someone else because – this program and athletic department had a lot of debt, right? And I don't have the answers to these questions. Right. Um, you know, we can try and figure out how, what kind of financial situation Illinois is in after this year, it'll play a role, but at some point, can, how much longer can you go if you're not producing? Uh, I know he believes in the man, Lovey Smith. I respect the man, yeah. Lovey Smith, but Lovey knows at the end of the day, he's known for wins and losses. And I'll even take out the first two years. If you want to take out the first year, which he didn't recruit any of those guys besides Hardy Nickerson as a transfer, and the first year he was playing all freshmen. Um, if you want to be courteous and take that out, Lovey Smith is six and fifteen uh, against Big Ten teams. Um, compare that to Jeff Brom. Compare that to P.J. Fleck. Compare that to you know Mike Oxley's starting to catch up on him when it comes to Big Ten wins. That's not good enough. It, it, that's that's how you determine how your tenure is going. And no one, even the most optimistic, can say they feel great about where this program is.
0: Right. And honestly, for Lovey to say, well, we still have a lot of football left. No, you don't. You don't have a lot of football left and you didn't have a lot of football to start off with. And obviously that was at the hands of that was nobody's fault. That was COVID-19's fault. But I don't know. Are we... Are we going to cut them any slack for well, what this season has been as far as schedule? Well,
1: I think you could sit there and go, okay, knowing what we know now, would you think one and two, that wouldn't be a ridiculous record for them. right, right. Now, But they don't have the one. Right. So at the, what do they need to do the rest of the year to feel like, okay, yeah, I think most people have given up. And I, I, don't, I think most people want to change regardless. Mm-hmm. If you got four wins out of the next six, I think you could turn some of those people. If you got three out of the next six, I think people would say, okay, he's probably back for another year. I don't like it, but he's probably back for another year and see what he can do with a full season with full strength. You get two, you get one, you get zero. I don't know how you sell it. I don't know how you sell it, and I don't know how you have success next year. I don't know how you recruit off that. So it's really early. I didn't expect to be having this conversation, but it's – it's the conversation that has to be had and how I felt last year after the Minnesota loss, where they were two and three at that point, they got blown out by Minnesota. We're having the same conversation. I'm not saying it's done with Lovey Smith, but it's at that point again, where Josh Whitman has to start thinking, Hey, this is a real possibility that I might have to make a change, but there's also six games left. Like there was at this point last year, six, seven games to turn it around it's just no one will have confidence that they can based on what they've seen through three games.
0: And uh, what the rest of the schedule looks like. Northwestern? I mean, what is <laughs> – Northwestern is just a blowing up right now. I don't even – you know, it's like I, – and I know through the Big Ten we've seen teams do well that haven't in the past, and we've seen it, really good teams fall short. And, I, again, that's uh, – you know, shortened schedule, weird schedule, kind of no, uh, like no real preseason, I guess. Um, and like you said, I think Whitman does really have a decision to make, and I know that's hard. But I think, it, honestly, I guess I'm gonna go out on the line and say, regardless of what the rest of the season looks like or plays out, I think a lot of a lot of fans are done. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I always I always say though, when you have this many games, you gotta let it play out. You gotta let the process go. Yeah. But it is obviously not heading in a very good situation at least at this point. Uh, yeah, Indiana's three and zero. Nebraska is now zero and two. Right. Um, Iowa is one and two. They got a big win today. Um, wasn't even competitive in that one. Michigan is one and two. So it is a weird season. We'll see how it all plays out. Maryland is somehow two and one throughout all this. But Illinois is not going to be favored against anybody in the Big Ten would they I don't think they'd be favored against Michigan State right now. I think that's the other team that you would possibly be favored against and I don't think so because they got to win already this year against Michigan. So this is ugly. I didn't I didn't think there was obviously with my season prediction which apologies. <laughs> I didn't think this would happen. I didn't think Owen 3 would happen with the schedule that they had. I didn't think an uncompe- two uncompetitive losses. And really, let's be honest, you've had one competitive quarter yeah. where you've really been in a game um, because you were down 31-10 going in the fourth quarter last week. Otherwise, you really haven't been in a game. Um, that's that's inexcusable for for Lovey Smith's program at this point. So not, 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 I don't have many positives. Mike Epstein was a positive. Devin Witherspoon was a positive. Johnny Newton had a sack. I'd have to see the rest of his game. I don't think your offensive line played great um joshua matur had one big play but his brother daniel dropped a few passes uh just not seeing many positives out of this team right now out of a team that i thought would show a lot more than that Marath.
0: yeah and, and a lot of it too is evaluating the kind of effort that this team is getting what are, you know what we're giving i don't know if it's there i don't know if it's the amount of guys missing i don't know if it's something's not working on the field, like you said, with the defense, the scheme, like it's just nothing is clicking. And when you go back into what they were looking at for this game, I mean, defense, you know, where's Minnesota going to go? Bateman and Ibrahim. Mm -hmm. So why, why aren't we double teaming one of them? Why aren't we constantly on them? Why are we letting, like, Let's see, what did, Ibrahim got 224 yards. I think he passed, yeah, Bateman, 154 receiving yards. Why are we letting that happen? We know that Minnesota's going to go to them. So do your best at least, and I just didn't know what, I mean, it, it's just it, – it's really frustrating because, like you said, I want to be positive. I want – I wanted – I had high hopes for this team. I had them beating Wisconsin. I know that that was super extra and out there, and it probably wasn't going to happen. But I also didn't think that we were going to be losing like this and going down in an uncompetitive manner.
1: Yeah. Um, it it got to the point where I'm sitting there in the press box, and it felt like two or three years ago for me, where I'm traveling knowing I'm covering a bad team, right? um it's weird though that i didn't think week three i'd be sitting there going this team's bad mm-hmm. and they are right now you you are what your record says and illinois is 0 and three and they have lost those games by combined 117 which is the most points given up to a big 10 team by the way to 45 which uh nebraska has scored fewer points but they've only played two games and Wisconsin scored that many points, but they've only played one game. So you have the worst offense and the worst defense in the Big Ten. Congratulations.
0: Right. What are we going to do at this point? I don't know. And, that's a, and my biggest thing is the defense, too, because that's something that you were – I mean, I was kind of hopeful for. I felt like that was a safe spot for Illinois where it was like kind of their cushion, but I – I'm very wrong, clearly. Um, So, and I don't think that any of this has to do with this guy or that guy missing. Because even with Nate Hobbs out, I mean, he was underperforming, I think, in the beginning. So, I don't even know if he really even had a huge factor in not being in this game.
1: Right. And Tony Adams is a capable cornerback, right? And and Devin Witherspoon is a capable cornerback. Um, Even if Brandon Peters is in that game, I think it's a more competitive game. But your defense is still giving up 500-plus yards yeah. and th- almost 300 yards on the ground. So it's like, yeah, the excuses aren't enough, right? Yeah. I, there, there are some things that you can't maybe control that have hurt this team, maybe more so than the, some others, but that's not enough excuse for 0-3 and, 3 and the, what you've shown on the field. so. It's ugly. Uh, we're going to cover it. Uh, I'll have a column tonight with more of my thoughts on this if you want to check it out at the to Enquirer. Mariah will have uh, a piece on Mike Epstein, a positive, uh, who was a positive uh, after that game. Great to see him, by the way. Uh, first 100-yard rushing game in two years for him, September 2018. I think it was a USF game was the last time he had 100 yards rushing. Uh, but just for him to stay healthy and be productive, he's just a good football player. And if Illinois had 11 Mike Epsteins on offense, I think they'd be a lot better uh, than they are right now because he just doesn't do much wrong, and he does everything uh, really well. You also have a piece on the defense. And uh, we'll start getting into more basketball season because, to be honest with you, I know that's what people want to hear. right now.
0: I'll, I'll be excited for that. And I just have to throw in – Epstein does have a lot of heart, and I think I saw that after the game today. So it's it's disappointing, or it's kind of sad to see players so disheartened after literally putting their all out on the field and doing what they can do best.
1: And sadly, I've seen too much of that in my time. I, I think of Mike <laughs> Dudek and Nick Allegretti and, and all these guys who have who've come before that have just played with so much heart and, and just haven't played for a very good team. So I'm feeling that way with Jake Hansen who I think has been very good mm-hmm. this year and, and, and like you said, Mike Epstein now and uh, even guys on that offensive line. I think Kendrick Green's a heck of a player and Owen oh and Carney's uh, been playing pretty well so far this year uh, so it's just difficult to watch. But that's it. No, <laughs> Not a lot of positives, but hopefully uh, we uh, were a little bit uh, – gave you a place where you could hear some complaining because you should complain. Illinois fans should be upset. The one positive out of this, Mariah, that I took away, and I had it in my live update at the end of the game. I'm just happy 40,000 people didn't have to pay for tickets to this game. Very true. Right? Because it, was, true. It, it just wasn't worth it. All right. We'll talk to you guys next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Thanks, Mariah great first performance, even though I put you in a bad spot having to talk all this negative.
0: No, it's all good. I feel like I was made for these bad spots. It's fine.
1: (laughs) All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer Podcast. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You're ready, Bob.
0: Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+.